Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Coven. As always, our theme song is by Ben Cronin, our cover art is by Daniel Stetner, and you can find our content warnings in the description of each episode. This one's coming out a few days late, and it unfortunately isn't a new episode in the main storyline. Life has just gotten in the way and we haven't been able to record, so... What you have now is a bonus episode. This is a character creation episode. It was the first one we did after the Kingdom game before we started playing Sorcerer. So you're going to get to hear Kiefer designing Samson. We've got a couple more of these, one with Sharon designing Joan and one with Gary designing Robert, and then a group session with everyone talking about how the group knows each other. And I'll continue dropping these sporadically when life gets in the way so that there's still stuff in the feed and those of you who find this kind of thing interesting. Also, fair warning that these episodes are going to be pretty lightly edited, so there are going to be more ums, more pauses for breath, that kind of thing than in the normal, more heavily produced episodes. So if you're not interested in character design, there may not be a lot here for you, but I think it's still kind of fun to hear what we were thinking about when we first designed Samson Sycamore. Quite a bit changes between what you hear in this moment and the way Samson is actually played in the game, but it's still fun. Uh, it's always good to hear Kiefer talk, and I hope you enjoy our character creation episode with Samson Sycamore. Uh, okay, so let's just jump right into it. Kiefer, tell me about the character you are thinking of. The character I'm thinking of is... I kind of want him to be almost a normal guy who kind of sucks. Um, like... I guess I just keep going back to, like, business many kind of characters, but, like... I'm imagining him as like a regular pseudo-suburban family man who plays in like a jazz quartet on the weekends or something. And that's why he hangs out at the club. Okay. Yeah. I actually like that a lot. Um, family man, business type, jazz quartet on the weekends. Cool. So what, what is attracting you to this idea? Um, I just kept kind of messing around in my head with what a character could be. And it seemed like the most interesting, it, it like followed the path in the book of like a person, a person who is a sorcerer, a person who is a sorcerer who faces a kicker basically in my mind. Like, I thought about being just, like, a junkie who hangs out at the club, like, a junkie musician. I thought about being, like, someone who just hangs out at the club all the time because he's, like, or they are, uh, like, a pimp, like, running prostitutes as a kind of side hustle or as a job out of the club. That seemed, like, appropriately dark, but it also felt gross, um... And this just kind of gave me, I don't know, I had the thought in my head of like, what if Breaking Bad, but instead of crime, demons? 
<laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, I'm going to toss that in your notes. What if Breaking Bad, but instead of crying demons? Nice. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about this this family man. Do you have any more details about him? Uh, and you you may not yet. We have we have other angles that we can move into if we need to. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just like I have. Do you want details in the framework of the uh, like how the game talks about it, or in terms of how I'm imagining him in my head? Let's let's start with your head, and then we can move into the the rules a bit more. Yeah, um, I think in my head he's like I said, like a family man, like he has a, maybe he works in or has historically worked in Houston proper and, but lives all the way out here and he only goes into work every once in a while. I guess it's 1984, so he can't really be telecommuting yet. So maybe that's not what happens. Um, he's a he family would, man. He would have to be pretty wealthy in order to be doing something like yeah. that. Um, which I'm not opposed to him being pretty wealthy, but... I don't necessarily yeah. want him to be that that wealthy. Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's this like whole gosh. class of business people, uh, especially like related to the oil industry, right? If we're thinking about Houston, who are going to be maybe technically middle class, but really on kind of the upper verge of middle class, yeah. Which is um, kind of he... how I'm starting to imagine him. Yeah, I think that's right. So. If he's a family man, tell me about his family a little bit. Um, he's married. He has... How many kids does someone have in Texas? I think three, maybe four. Probably three. Um, I think one of them is a baby. One of them is like... Yeah, let's go all the way to four so we can get like a really good range of ages. So I think mm -hmm. like... A 16-year-old daughter, a 12-year-old son, a an 8-year-old an son, and then, like, an infant daughter. Busy. Well, he doesn't have to take care of them. He has a lot of money. Right. Yeah. That's, that was going to be my, my assumption. So that's a, a start. What does he use his demon for, right? He has he has summoned and bound a demon somehow or other. What does he use it or has used it in the past during his day-to-day -day life to accomplish? Uh, I think probably a lot of it is like work and social related. Like it's very petty stuff. It's getting... He's not, like, I don't think he's deeply imaginative as a human, at least when we meet him. He's, like, not even trying to be the CEO. He's just, like, getting a slightly better raise than he would have otherwise. Or um, getting better invites to dinner parties than his co-workers. Just, like, getting better tea times when he golfs. Okay. It's like all this like very petty but like important to him stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's a good 
a good way of phrasing it. Petty but important to him. Is there is there an element of um ooh, where oh, wrong tool. Is there an element of I'm trying to think of the the right word of This isn't the word I'm looking for, but kind of conniving on his, not, not even conniving, but of trying to remain in obscurity because he doesn't want people to know he has a demon, or is that not even on his radar? Um, I don't think that's even on his radar, honestly. I think okay. if anything, it's more in the other direction, and he's like trying to not be on like a broader demonic radar like he's kind of thought like i'm just gonna like like i'm just gonna do this and get away with it because like this is just some minor little demon that i have bound and i can do what i need to with him without attracting the broader attention of the dark spirit world or whatever okay and so kind of his kind of dipping his toes right into demon summoning which which bespeaks a certain amount of arrogance certainly yes i would say so yeah which was leading me to another question so you mentioned earlier that he's not like not even trying to be the ceo what what is his company what does he work for um, I think oil is the best. Like, it, it just seems... Is oil too obvious? I mean... Yes. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll pitch you a, a couple things. So, oil company maybe feels obvious in the sense of, like, oh, Texas, everybody always thinks oil. But on the other hand, like, I myself come from an oil family. Um, not Not in the sense that we, like got got super rich off oil but that a sizable number of the members of my family have worked and still work in the oil industry it's just it's deeply a part of the economy of that part of texas especially and all over texas right uh if you've ever driven like through west texas there are just fields of um the oil rigs out there yeah um so, i guess the the other thing i was going to um i was going to say pitch you on but I'm, I'm maybe not even pitching i'm just bringing it up which is uh my mother when i talked to her about this show to kind of pick her brain a little bit about what it was like growing up in that area in the 60s when she was a teen so right about this time in the 80s is that right? I don't want to misspeak. Yeah, late, like late teen in the 80s. Um, she worked at a steel mill, which hmm. is in Trinity Bay, uh, or maybe not in the Bay, but on Trinity Bay. And it had all kinds of horrific accidents, and there were oil spills while she was growing up in Trinity Bay. And she described the steel mill as being you know, one of the most hellish places she's ever been, both in the sense of working conditions and 
um, they're dealing with pouring metal, right? So uh, that's definitely an element that I would like to bring into the show and didn't come up in Kingdom. It didn't feel right when we were playing Kingdom just because we were we were trying to kind of communally build everything together. Mm-hmm. But I do like the idea that, you know, across the bay from the livery, you can see, see the columns of the steel mill. Yeah, and I was going to say that I liked the idea of having not traveling all the way to Houston and having his industry be a little bit more closely grounded to the town. Mm-hmm. So whether that is... I think having him work for like a steel magnate is pretty good because it also is very, there's some good like globalization vibes that can be brought into that as well. For sure. Um, The other two thoughts I had were something involving the like entertainment vacation town kind of industry stuff that we had talked about previously or fishing. But Mm. I, I like steel better than either of those, honestly. Okay. So let's let's do that. I'm going to put that in your cover, the cover part of your diagram, just as a start. Mm-hmm. Always might change. Cool. Um, all right. Is there anything else specific that you've been thinking about in, in regards to your character's kind of backstory, background, what he's like before we turn to the to the mechanics? Um, I kind of want to let the, I, I feel like that's the backgroundy background stuff, but I kind of want to sure. let the mechanics inform more of his broader personality. Mm-hmm. Works for me. Okay. Like so... the, the way they use descriptions in this is not that different from the way they use adjectives in Mechnoir. Sorry, in what? In like Mech slash Technoir. Oh, right, right. Sorry. I just misheard you. I heard Lankmar which is a fantasy city. <laughs> um, so the, yeah, that's perfect. I, I am totally down. The book does give us a list of, it's a numbered list of things to do, but they can be done in any order. So what looks interesting to you? We should hold off, uh, and it's, there are nine bullet points Mm-hmm. We should hold off on the kicker, uh, giving the once over, of course, will come at the end, and the starting demon. So we should hold off on the last three for now. But do any of those first six sound like somewhere you want to start? Um, I don't have a name. Uh, what's a good Texas name? I mean, any biblical name, right? Um, and I don't, I don't say that to be offhanded or callous but like no i know um i just keep thinking bertram but i don't want to spend a whole season being called bert well Um, bertram could be a last name or your or a middle name if we wanted to go that route or a stage name what if you were bertram when you performed (laughs) i'm not using bertram um uh let's just start from you mind if we just start at number one no no i don't mind at all I, I was literally just trying to give you some options. Mm-hmm. Uh, stamina, will, and lore. Um, yep. And those should equal 
So for the folks listening at home, we've got stamina, will, and lore as kind of the three main attributes or scores, which then affect other parts of the character sheet here. And we're going to, they're basically dice pools. They're what we would call dice pools today. And they, between the three of them, they will total 10 when, once we start breaking them up. So I think my instinct is three, five, two, but I could be convinced to do a two, six, two or a three, six, one. I think maybe three, six, one is actually more fun. Okay. So um, walk us through your, so three, six, one would be three for stamina, about twice that for will, six for will. And then only one for your lore. Lore is kind of the, disc uh, besides being Data's brother, is also the description of... I've been re-watching Next Generation, sue me. Mm -hmm. Lore is kind of a description of the amount of knowledge that your character has over or about demons. So setting lore to one is going to make it certainly interesting when you try to bind demons or summon them or do anything else like that. Setting will at six would mean, uh, it might mean that you have really high self-esteem uh, or are super confident, um, lots of social aplum, that kind of thing. And then stamina of three is kind of the broad descriptor for your physical health and then we will be selecting descriptors for each of these as well which um will come up in play so does that sound good to you three six one no i'm like very nervous about having a one in lore yeah um well let's let's see what it says what the book says about lore um and what the consequences might be about having a lore of one yeah like what i don't know what happens when you roll lore like yeah is that so, for all of the summoning and binding stuff yeah yep um so this is on page 50 of the pdf and i'm, I'm just gonna read here lore is a little different from the other two skills any value above zero is reserved for sorcerers even a one permits a person to practice all the rituals of sorcery outlined in chapter five so we can look at chapter five briefly to see what lore is used for precisely lore two or three means a sorcerer who understands his or her tr own training and theory fairly well four or five means knowledge of the general range of theories and practices outside one's own lore six or higher would mean a truly outstanding adept someone who could begin their own school of thought so definitely not a six i think right probably not even a four or five for your character um but let's let's actually just jump to chapter five so that we can look at what lore is used for so the rituals for sorcery are contacting summoning binding punishing banishing and containing even a naive sorcerer who might be someone with a lore of one can perform them albeit clumsily and so so the only thing it looks like that lore is absolutely essential for is contact and contain. Right. Uh, there is a chart that we are looking at here. Each of these rituals has a different collection of, um, what do you call it, of skills. Um, 
the binding is an appropriate score so that probably means that it could be lore let's take a look at binding real quick i i feel like just having looked at that i feel good about lore too um okay just just because we talked about him kind of not going crazy with his demon to avoid the attention of demons so mm -hmm. i feel like he needs to know enough to know that he's messing with something that he shouldn't be messing with okay sure so how so we're gonna go with a lore of two so how does three that... five two three five two all right okay so now you can see that i have added something to your diagram i have added the numbers to your attributes and made a bunch of notes right yep um so back to I'm trying to break myself of saying so at the top of every sentence back to chapter it's so two. hard to break mm, very funny I wasn't kidding. So we have chosen scores to total 10. Then we will set humanity at the level of stamina or will, whichever is higher. Will is higher. It's five right now. And I am just going to put a, well, I guess we should actually write it in the starting box. That might actually be your health points. I'm not sure what this track on the right is for, <laughs> but I'm going to put it over five for now. We'll figure it out later. Uh, step three, choose descriptions for all three scores. So the descriptions, we're going to choose one description each from the lists for stamina, will, and lore. And then if the score is five or higher, you can take two descriptions. So will will get two descriptors. Mm -hmm. And then the actual descriptions start on 54. So for stamina, the options are athletic regime, regular workouts, keep you fit and alert. I'm not going to read all of these. Chemically heightened, clean living, military training, natural vigor, scrapper, or specialized combat training. I think just as GM, I would kind of like us to move away from the specialized combat training just because I, I don't, unless you're going to say he has like a history in the army or something. I don't Even think then that I would that probably is. go military training, not specialized combat training. Right. Yeah, I think that that is the kind of the wrong tone for what we're trying to play. Well, it does say like that, like specialized combat training in this context, it seems like what he means is or what the book means is uh, like has been doing Taekwondo since they were six more than right. special yeah. forces. Yeah, special forces would still probably be military training. I just yeah. think and that I, kind of the, the picture of someone doing Taekwondo on the streets of delivery is maybe not the the tone we're we're shooting for. But if you're if you were really attached to that, that would be fine. I'm not. I'm just like trying to because like it could also just be like someone who was a college wrestler or uh -huh. college boxer, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, you've you like, turned me around on that. I don't it's I think I want either military training or natural vigor. Okay. Um, One of those irritating people who are in shape without trying. I do like that. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think... I, I guess athletic regime could work too. Um, or scrapper. It's like, did he... I'm trying to like like balance where the bigger cliche is, whether it's in natural... Or whether it's in like Scrapper, him being like kind of hassled regularly, like growing up kind of rough, 
military training as like a way for him to have gotten his start um or maybe it's military training but it's also it's like he was militarily he was like an officer right like he had like a cushy military training thing so he like has it all but he's not that's why it's only a three he's like a like he enlisted towards the end of or he got in towards the end of vietnam and like enough family connections that he didn't end up in the shit and was an officer so he's like yeah it's military training okay i'll take it so the fact that he was in vietnam is something that i will want us to hold on to um i don't know that he was definitely in vietnam but i think probably I mean, that would kind of fit with the timeline we're looking at, right? Unless his 16-year-old yeah. daughter was, was kind of an army baby, then he was at least in the military during Vietnam, whether or not he was actually there. Right. That's sort of the question, is whether he was actually there. Okay. Cool. So Will is the one that you'll get two descriptors in. Mm-hmm. Belief system, high self-esteem, rageful and vengeful, social competence, user slash manipulative, zest for life and sensation. I think high self-esteem for sure. You don't have to go this route, but I will point out that the user slash manipulative definitely kind of feeds in with your character concept as far as him having a demon that helps him with petty, um, petty actions. Yeah, I was thinking high self-esteem also does, though. Yeah, totally. People either admire your confidence or call you arrogant. Yeah. um, But I guess I I could... I don't really have a preference. I just... I'm more interested in being high self-esteem and having that, like, result in using people than Mm -hmm. consciously using people and being manipulative, you know? Sure. Like, I'm more interested in, and then the other one being zest for life and sensation. So it's like a very self-centered, hedonistic, pleasure-seeking kind of thing. Yeah, I like that. But, like, which with a very strong confidence that he deserves to be hedonistic and seek his own pleasure, because he has the right to be pleased. Right. How does that fit in to his military training? Because, you know, we typically understand military training to mean disciplined and self-sacrificing, whether or not that is the case. How how does his military training affect those two descriptors for his will? Um, I think the confidence, self-esteem part came from being jumped in line i'm starting to think like maybe he's even like the heir to the steel magnate right like he's the like fail son but the reason he's not failing is because he has a demon helping him um or at least like he's maybe like a nephew but i think he comes from money so that's the the confidence is him being like yeah you know I was an officer. I like am good and capable and strong and whatever else. Um, and the zest for life, I think, is was kind of reinforced by his time in the military. Maybe he was in Vietnam just long enough to see like 
things be horrible enough that he, instead of going to like, man, there is danger in the world and I need to value the things that are important to me. He went to fuck it. Things are terrible. I'm going to get mine. Okay. Yeah. I think we can work with that. Uh, I was, I was going to ask you to reconsider him being the, the fail son, quote unquote, just because I thought it might be more interesting to have, you know, maybe it is understood at the moment that he will take over for the old man, so to speak. But as as kind of a, a valued long-term um, upper level management employee, but I think I think it would actually be okay if we went with him being the 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 son or nephew or something like that. So um, I'm just gonna leave that up in the air for you to to think about at the moment. Yeah, I mean, as it we... could be it's probably more interesting if he's actually the son of one of the owner's good friends from his like days at Yale or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like he's not actually related, but he's like in. And again, I'm going to leave kind of both those options up in the air just for now. And we can uh, settle on one here in a bit. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a good chance that I'll hate all of this. Yeah. 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 And we'll start over from scratch and this episode will be wasted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so final descriptor for lore you've got a lore of two so here are the five descriptors and they've got suggested starting lores which i think we can be generally he's pretty fierce about sticking with the things that he listed but i'm open to not doing that too well no i mean as far as the suggested starting lores because he he says in uh and by he we mean Ron Edwards the the author of sorcerer he says in one of his annotations i find my logic of 15 years ago unconvincing it seems to me that the source material is full of naive yet effective sorcerers so <laughs> the suggested starting lords are just suggestions that's what we'll say right so if one of these calls to you but you have a lower score than the suggested then we will we will work with it so the five descriptors are apprentice, coven member, mad, naif, or solitary adept. Is that pronounced naif? I've always pronounced it naif. I believe it is pronounced naif because it is related to naive, but I I'm could sure you're totally right. be wrong. I feel stupid. <laughs> um, Do you know the word minutia? Yeah. I, for years, pronounced it minutiae. Until mm. I pronounced it out loud in front of someone. <laughs> this is what comes from reading books, man. You learn this is words, what comes from reading books. no one ever tells you you learned them wrong. <laughs> well, they do eventually. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, right. It's just embarrassing when they tell you. Um, my new TA. I'm into either apprentice or solitary adept. Okay. Why? What is attracting you to either of those? Um, cause I don't feel like he's mad and I don't feel like he's ignorant and I don't really think there's as much like, I guess it's kind of fun to imagine that there is a literal coven of like business sorcerers floating around. Um, but it's not where I want to go. I don't yeah. think. 
one one thing to think about as far as coven member is that there are going to be at least two other sorcerers and from uh talks i've had with some of the other folks there might be four that are in a jazz club that he regularly goes to right so coven members maybe not off the table just in the sense of y'all probably know that each other are sorcerers in some sense whether or not that makes you a coven is a different story so just throwing that out there just something to think about mm-hmm. yeah um again because coven would... does suggest people who come together to do rituals um mutually right whereas mm-hmm. yeah and again it could change when i learn who other people are but right now i'm imagining him as slightly outside of the jazz club and like maybe getting more involved in both the world of like i kind of like it fits more with my idea of him as kind of out for himself to have him be an adept or an apprentice sure so both of these come with a little bit of background mm, substantiation right so for apprentice uh, it says you provide services in exchange for lessons the mentor is a sorcerer of some note who sends you on mysterious missions so for apprentice that means we're going to come up with someone who an npc who is your mentor right and who's some someone who will have sway over you solitary adept you know enough about sorcery to proceed on your own. Either you've never met another sorcerer or you parted ways from them long ago. So the solitary adept maybe fits with your conceptualization of him as someone who's kind of out for it on his own. But it it also suggests that he's that he's rather confident in his abilities, right? Which is totally possible, right? He may he may have a lore of two, but act like he's someone with a lore of five. Mm-hmm. I think uh, my th- I think it's solitary adept because I think where he's at is that he knows exactly enough to do the thing that he's been doing, which is these kind of like grifty small scale business and social things, but not really more than that. And the kicker is going to be putting him into taking him very much out of his comfort zone. But I think maybe he, I don't know, like it could be that he met someone in, how selfish do we want him to be, right? Like he could have met someone in the war who was a sorcerer who like he figured out through talking to him had some kind of thing that he was doing that was helping him survive when he otherwise wouldn't have. And he either became close with this person and learned from him uh and then the other dude eventually like mustered out or he did or whatever or the other guy he just like saw enough of it to eventually like steal the thing and then the other guy got killed because he no longer had his sorcery and this guy took it over Hmm. yeah i do like the idea that the person he learned it from was killed in one way yeah. or another which is which is actually bringing me back to a question that i was thinking about earlier and forgot to ask if he's the kind of person who will pull a demon to accomplish these petty acts how below the law is he 
I don't know what the word what below the law means. Like, like so, someone who well, how how willing to be criminal is he? Whether that's in business or in day to day life. Uh, very. Okay, okay, that's good to know. So, because what I was going to float, and I maybe like the idea more what you pitched that he stole it, and as a result of that, his his former friend died. But what I was going to float is that he maybe killed this person in order to take in order to take the demon, right? Um, but that that yeah. might be too far. I like it more if he essentially killed his friend by taking the demon, but I like it more if the causality is reversed. Um, I think he's very much a person who doesn't think through the consequences of his actions and just kind of like does the things he needs and doesn't really worry about others getting hurt because he doesn't really think about other people. Yeah, okay. I like that. Going to add that to your notes. So we've chosen descriptions for all three scores. Now we need to choose the cover and the price. Mm -hmm. So cover, being a sorcerer is not an acceptable job description. There must be something your character does as well in the workaday world. Pick a profession or lifestyle that suits the character and that is his or her cover, which gets dice equal to either stamina or will player's choice. So I think we've mostly got the cover, right? He works for a steel magnate and he's a family man. I think that is probably mm -hmm component in the cover mm -hmm. what would you like cover to be equal to stamina is three will is five uh, i think definitely will i think he's because the cover value matters right and i think he i think he's good at these things i think the way we've set him up is sort of inherently about appearing to be good at the things that he appears to be good at mm -hmm. sure Cover is an extremely inclusive term. It is used for all nuances of a given background, lifestyle, or profession, including any physical, social, perceptual, or intellectual elements. So we should add a few things to cover as well here on your diagram. Like, was he in the army? Is that the, the branch that he was in? Uh, yeah. The price. Sorcery doesn't come cheaply. A player character must have a problem that has arisen or been made worse through their practice of forbidden arts. It must be worth a penalty die in at least some situations that will happen during play. The rule of prices states a price which conveys no penalty dice doesn't count. So do you have any thoughts about what your price might be? Um, I was thinking cowardice. Like, mm. just... that. Yeah, like, uh, maybe because it says it should be related. I'm going to sneeze soon, just warning you in advance. Um, yeah, just don't talk says, immediately around it. <laughs> Pause when it you're says a player character. It must have been arisen. It must have arisen or been made worse through their practice of forbidden arts. Mm -hmm. So maybe like the actual death that he saw the guy whose name he stole experience, or not whose name he stole, but whose sorcery he inherited. Like the death that he witnessed of that man was so horrific that he is terrified of his own death now okay yeah he's seen the the consequences of failure right yeah cool how how did this person die 
Were they? I don't know yet. Okay. Um, I I don't think I think it was like some combination of war violence and like maybe the bound demon getting revenge on the fact that it was no longer being bound and controlled by him. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. If that's a thing demons do in this game, I don't know. Potentially, yeah. I'm just thinking of, you know, in the interim between being bound to the former friend and being bound to your character, there there was a loss of control, right? Whether it was a period of time between its being bound to one person or another or whether your character lost control of it. Um, so that's, and that's something we can think about. Yeah. I would lean towards lost control. Like he didn't realize that that was something that would happen. Like unforeseen sure. consequences more than, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Works for me. So next step is the telltale. Something gives the character away as a sorcerer to those in the know. Telltales are details of physical appearance, habit of dress or hairstyle, or a mannerism or speech pattern. They don't have to be incredibly obvious or informative, but they must be specific and precise. And there's another moment in the in the rules that says if a, and it might be in one of the annotations, if a telltale isn't always visible, like a tattoo that can be covered up, it should be immediately obvious if someone ever does see it. Yeah, immediately obvious to another sorcerer if they ever do see it, that it's it's incontrovertible proof, right? So right. we can think back to Kingdom, and this is what I was doing with Jim's eyes becoming black holes, effectively, right? That just um, had empty open space behind them. They made you uncomfortable when you looked at them for too long, and to a sorcerer, another practitioner of this art, we can maybe call it, it would be obvious that he had bound a demon to himself. Mm -hmm. And they don't, they don't have to be as obvious as, I don't know if you've read this far in the rules, the telltale doesn't have to be as obvious as like the eyes thing for Jim Lewis. This is something that you can actually make a role against if you suspect someone might be a, a sorcerer then you can roll to try and discern if this particular feature about them is a telltale or not. Right. Yeah. They have stuff like <clears throat> um, stares hard at people's pupils. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Could be a, like a, a mannerism, like it says here. Yeah. I think maybe could his telltale be that despite being like a good family man and texas boy and god-fearing and all that he never actually says or mentions anything about god or christianity or jesus or have like no spiritual language whatsoever potentially i mean i think that that could go along with him just being kind of a shitty manipulative businessman though right when you so let me pitch you on this. When you started to say he never says or he never uses these particular words, I started thinking, what if he never says the names of the members of his family? What if it's just something he seems incapable of? Which would make for some strange social interactions, right? If he can't say their names or or if it's just his children or of the children he had. So... 
again, I'm pitching you on stuff. Feel free to throw all this out. What if mm-hmm. his 16 year old daughter was an army baby and his telltale is that he can never say the name of that particular daughter out loud, I'm trying to make it a little bit more personal than, you know, kind of general religiosity. Yeah. Um, I'm totally open to that. Uh, it feels less relevant, I guess. Like it just feels like it would come up less often. Sure. Okay. Um, it could also be something physical. Mm-hmm. Can he just, or could it just be like, what if he just has an aversion to water? That's interesting. Like he's rat, like rabies, but not quite. Um, how strong or, is the aversion? I mean, like, will he refuse to drink glasses of water? Does he only drink Coke and whiskey and whatever else? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that makes it good. Right. Okay. And like he bathes, but he doesn't like like he he showers because he has to shower. Right. But he takes fast showers. Mm hmm. And. Cool. He goes to the beach, but he's never in the water. He, like, yeah. I think he just doesn't get wet. And, like, I think if he absolutely had to drink a glass of water, he could do it without dying, but it's not something that he would ever, ever, ever choose to do. But he might and gag, it, right? He might he might yeah, drink it, and absolutely. it might taste so re- revolting that he gags on it. Mm-hmm. I like that quite a bit. Or he might, like, struggle to swallow it or something, like, because he was... I, I feel like it's more of a fear than a distaste, but... Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think he's more afraid of water the cleaner the water is. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's excellent. More afraid of it the cleaner it is. That's rad. Yeah, I I dig that. And which maybe points to holy water, right? Like yes. if holy water is the most the sanctified, cl- the cleanest water possible, then... Okay. Okay. So let me, let me push on it a little bit. If he's afraid of water, the cleaner it is. He gags on water when he tries to drink it. What happens when he comes into physical contact with holy water? Maybe he doesn't know. Maybe it's never happened before, but it's a question for you. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, I don't. Okay. It is very difficult for me as a Jewish person from California to understand when someone would come into contact with holy water unless it was like thrown at them, (laughs) which is like what happens in Buffy. Otherwise, I have no idea what holy (laughs) water is used for or why it exists. I mean, so in a in a Catholic context, it would it would be something that you kind of dip your hand into or your fingers and then bless yourself with upon entering a, a cathedral. Right. And then it would be. Um, it would be drizzled over a baby's forehead when it is baptized, and in some, uh, similarly in some Protestant practices, it is either going to be drizzled over your forehead, or you're going to have your your entire head submerged, or there will be a full pool that you get submerged into. And yeah, so I mean, it's not especially, it's not something that people especially protestant folks come into contact with fairly often he is probably protestant just because he's in southern texas but not necessarily Mm -hmm. um 
yeah so again he he doesn't there isn't a lot of call for him to come into contact with it so he very well may not know yeah but maybe he has nightmares about it yeah i think it could totally be something he was afraid of happening yeah or like i think he would be especially afraid of it happening in public Mm -hmm. maybe it's like he fears that like the cleanliness of the water will like wash like clean water will wash something away and make visible to people what he really is Mm, almost a dorian gray fear right dorian gray i'm gonna call that a dorian gray complex that's cool yeah that's really good okay so starting demon so we have moved into We've now done the first five. Oh, step six. I was skipping this one. List important non-player characters and places. So we've got a few already that we can go ahead and start giving names for, right? We've got four children. Uh, is there a wife in the picture? I assume there is. Yeah, um, second wife. The first three kids are from his first wife. That's why there's the age gap. Okay, works for me. So let's start thinking up some names because names are important. So names for anybody that um, seems to be coming to you right now. What's a good Texas tree? A good Texas tree. Yeah. Oaks. There are a lot of red buds, dogwoods. Um, there are certainly like maple trees, I think somewhere. I mean, you asked the wrong member of my family. I certainly have people who could discourse on this. Yeah, maples. I'm looking at maple leaves right now, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're everywhere. How about, uh, I think, okay, so I think the character's name is Samson Sycamore. (laughs) Word. With a P or without? Without. Okay. It's a good name. You love your alliteration. But I like Samson better because of the independent individual strength and hubris. Mm-hmm. I do love alliteration. You sure do. But that's understandable. Mm-hmm. All right. So Samson Sycamore. Mm-hmm. So the Sycamore family. Oh, is there just a sign on like the gate post leading up their driveway that says, welcome to the Sycamores? Yeah, probably. Or something corny to that effect. Yeah, or like... And then it's and then the, the yard has several sycamore trees in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we've got your character, Samson Sycamore. And of course, if this changes between now and the next time we all meet, feel free to change it. I want you to be happy with your sorcerer's name. Good. What about the... Let's go with the... Either the wives or the the friend who was killed by Samson's actions. Uh, I, you know, I meant to think up a bunch of names before I came into this today, and I just didn't do it. That's um, okay. The friend who was killed was Elijah. We have already had an Elijah. Um, Ezekiel. I mean, we've had both of those. Right. Damn it. Those um, are the only names that I ever think of. Uh, I mean, I was going to float for you, though. What if... Who is the who is the younger of the two? I need to open my notes real quick. I think it was Elijah. Yeah. So I, he could have been the one. 
which would be an interesting uh, connection if it was Elijah. I think it was Wild or was it Wyatt? This is why we take notes. Um, Elijah Wild. Yep, it was the son of Ezekiel's sister, Elspeth. So Elijah Wild, he could have been. He was 23 in 1964, which um, the Vietnam War, we pull out, I think, in 1975. Um, yeah, but then he would have already been kind of old for it. Like the, it, it seems like he would have either been in or not been in if he was, right? Like, What do you mean? I don't love you. I just would rather use somebody else, I guess, basically, is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I think the friend's name was Abraham Jackson. Okay. And his first wife's name was Eleanor? Mm-hmm. Had she taken her maiden name, or is she still a sycamore? Uh, I don't know. They haven't really talked since they split up, so he doesn't really know. Okay. And what about the the current wife? Her name is definitely Sylvia. Sylvia, of course. Uh, of course. And then we need some kiddos. Um, I'm, I'm also happy to, to try and come up with some of these for you, as opposed to leaning them all on you. Yeah, can we just... Like, are there other things that we need to do? Because I feel like I can come back to names because we know who the characters are. Okay, sure. Um, it also wants us to list some important places. So one of them is going to be the rogue, whether or not mm -hmm. we keep calling it the rogue, um, like whether or not its name has changed. And then one I would like to... his office for sure. Okay. The rogue, probably the steel mill, right? The steel mill itself. Yeah. Um, and I was going to float for you. You can shoot this down if you like. I was going to float his home, his house being an important place as well. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. I mean, it's important to him. I don't know if it's a place that other sorcerers are going to get invited, but I guess I don't really have a choice. Yeah, I'm I'm more thinking like it is in we might see scenes there between him and his family, right? And his family is definitely going to feature in in this game. Right. You're you're not gonna tell me that someone's a family man and he has four children and then I'm not gonna fuck with Yeah, him. no, totally. Um Okay, so that's a start. And again once we come together and we start fleshing out the other characters as well, um some folks NPCs might cross over and might add to each other's lists and what have you. Mm -hmm. Oh, his quartet. What? Yeah, oh, oh, I was about to pass over something that's super fucking important. What instrument does he play? Um, man, I don't know. Well, th 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 think, you know, this is someone who he likes attention, right? So maybe an instrument that you can either solo on or is just loud. He likes being petty and manipulative, training in the army. So maybe he he might have picked the instrument up during his army training or prior. Sure, maybe he was a bugler in the army and became a trumpetist, trumpet player. Yeah, I dig that a lot. Trumpet player. And what is his race? I think he's white. Yeah, that was that was my my gut feeling just from the way we were describing him, but yeah. wanted to make that 
what's the word um explicit mm -hmm. any other features of his appearance the kind of clothes he likes to wear uh the general build hairstyle that kind of thing um i think he looks like he's a really big fan of ronald reagan because he's a really big fan of ronald reagan um i think he has like well gelled hair he looks like a like an 80s guy but not abrasively so but he's not wearing like really fitted suits or anything especially like during the day when he's at the office he probably has to wear a suit to work every day um he's kind of blandly handsome i would mm -hmm. say uh the, the kind of person who wears like, like a pretty square a polo sh sorry i said his head is probably pretty square yes polo shirts mm -hmm. for sure yeah like polo shirts when he's not at the office that kind of thing yeah polo shirts tucked into khakis with a belt and loafers yeah yeah mm -hmm. exactly as i was imagining him does he golf yeah he definitely golfs perfect yeah you said something about tea time Mm -hmm. Th this is also does he he lives in the livery right that's what we were saying yeah okay so. yeah because that also suggests that the i'm gonna make a note of this in my personal notes his home in the livery suggests that the urban development did not stop and certainly it didn't but the this suggests the direction that the urban development might have coursed after the water park right it's now a suburb that people who work in Houston or in Galveston in in industry have homes in, right? So um, it's just something I'm going to point out and be thinking about. Yeah. Home of the I mean, so, go ahead. I was just going to say, if like other people have visions of the livery that drastically contradict with that, I would be very okay with him living like in Galveston proper or in mm -hmm. somewhere else but like yeah totally. I don't know, maybe livery has like some kind of good local tax thing that has him living there or something because obviously his kids go to private school yeah okay um and I'm actually going to put that the kids go to private school on your sheet mm -hmm. and like his music group doesn't have to be like you can do anything you want with the rest of the bandmates it can be more than four people he can sometimes sit in randomly he can like be a guy who's like always hoping to get picked up but like rarely does unless there's not an like his music career i leave completely up to you okay i will take it i thought you might <laughs> i may actually let me ask you to do this I'm going to give you some homework, which is both to come up with some names for the like the rest of his family and the steel magnate he works for, and then also to do like a Wikipedia search for some famous trumpet players and just mm -hmm. listen to them on like YouTube and come up with one or two that he admires. Okay. That he tries to emulate in some capacity. Deal. Okay, so we have gotten around to step seven, which is create the starting demon. Okay, so we're going to turn to another chapter here momentarily. We're going to make up the demon together, whatever fits with your lore description and concept of the character. Um, for the starting demon only, we don't need to role play or roll any summoning or contacting, which are two separate rituals because they've happened in the past, right? 
The only roles we need are the strength of the binding and the humanity check pursuant to the binding. So we will, this is the only demon sheet that you will ever see. And then I will, I get to fuck with it once you give it to me, right? Um, only one starting demon allowed per character. Perfect. What page are we on? Uh, we are jumping to chapter three, which I have not gotten to quite yet. Uh, whereas with the character creation, we could go in random orders along the list. For the demon, we follow these steps this precisely. One. Yep. So step one, choose the demon's type and an appropriate telltale. And then we will choose its abilities, the number of which determine its lore score. So the types are a few pages later on 96. And I think that there are five. There are inconspicuous demons, which are just that. They're hard to perceive. Uh, one of the examples that's given in the book is an inconspicuous demon might look like a person that's always rounding a corner just as you look at them or someone you notice out of the corner of your eye, but when you look their direction, they're not there. One of their abilities is almost always cloak. Object demons are invested into physical items and usually must be carried around. Just from you talking about stealing a demon from a former friend, that is, that's maybe the most obvious choice. So it's not, it's not the one we have to go with, but it's maybe the most obvious. Parasite demons must live inside a host, usually the summoner and or binder, but not necessarily. So the, you know, a creature that literally lives inside you. Passing demons look almost perfectly human or animal, and they mix directly into society, which is why they almost always have the ability cover. So a passing demon could be uh, this book in a way that I am not really appreciative of often uses the example of like a hot girlfriend or whatever as a passing mm -hmm. demon. And then possessor demons completely supplant another being from its body using a power versus stamina role. If the takeover is successful, the host remains as a flickering bit of consciousness, barely hanging on unless the demon gained a blah, 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 blah. Um, and there is talk in the book about how when a possessor demon leaves a creature's body, there's a chance that it will kill it. Of course. So which of these speak to you as your first, as your starting demon? Um, I would say either object or parasite. Okay. And what is, what is calling you to those? They just feel like they fit. I don't know what they're like. I don't know what boost does. I assume that makes you stronger at something. Um, I assume that vitality makes you more vital. Um, uh, but Parasite seems like it could fit with him, his like small scale stuff, like just being a little bit and like a high will too, just being like a little bit more charming, a little bit more persuasive, a little bit more lucky, a little like just kind of a preternatural fortunateness. Mm -hmm. Um, and then object, like you said, it's an easy thing to imagine being stolen, uh, yeah, that's the main thing. Like that it feels like it would just really fit again, it could fit very clearly with his backstory. Mm -hmm. It's hard to imagine him coming back from the war with another person or animal who looks perfect, right? Who's passing. Yeah. Um Yeah. But um you know, as far as a if we're thinking about the passing demon, 
it's just someone who gets on a plane with him right you you buy a second ticket and they get on the plane and then they're you know there there are there are ways around it for or not around it there are ways to use any of these um if we did go with parasite what would the theft look like how would you know and then it, it we have to start asking like how does in what part of your body would the demon live and how was it stolen from the former friend whose name was abraham jackson uh i think that samson should it have a p in it you can you can think about it that's a choice we can come back to um i've been kind of imagining him like you mentioned the him being a um his relationship with the law i think maybe he and abraham part of what brought them together was both being heroin users in vietnam and maybe mm. the parasite demon is in the bloodstream and they something happened when they were sharing a needle okay i like that a lot actually i like that quite a bit is that what you want to go with yeah i think that's what i want to do cool because the object would just like be a watch or something which yep. is boring. Cool. All right. So the demon's type is parasite. And then we are going uh, maybe to... Maybe when he gets splashed with holy water, all of the track marks that he's ever used, like every time he's ever used, it like shows up on his body and maybe they like mark out demonic uh, somethings. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe. I will make a note of that. Like glyphs or something. And he doesn't even know that he's injected himself in that way. But, like, just by the course of, like, that one first. Or it's, like, every one that's happened since he stole the demon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like that it's just all of the track marks. And they all lead up to, to these glyphs or whatever. Yeah. Sigils. Mm-hmm. And may, maybe, maybe that's what he dreams about. Or maybe that's just something that will happen later on. Or it'll never happen, and things will go totally fine for him all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so now we choose all of its abilities, the number of which will determine its lore score. And then right after that, we'll choose its stamina based just on how tough we think it is. So the abilities, and it's pretty straightforward. Since you picked Parasite... They all apply to me except for... Their powers confer onto the host alone, except for boost, boost, and vitality are common. So boost and vitality are two common abilities for demons to, for parasite demons to take. So we can look at those, and then we can look at the others as well for you to decide what it has. So there's armor, um, and most of these are obvious, so I'm just going to read them through them fairly quickly. There's armor, there's big, the user becomes very large. There's boost. The demon's power is added to a given store of the, the target. So if you tried to make like a, a stamina roll, it could boost mm -hmm. that. Cloak. The demon's power is subtracted from the perception dice of anyone who might perceive the user. That would be how you hide your telltale. Command. You command another entity. Confuse. And then skip some more pages. Cover. The user is proficient at any skills associated with a given profession or social status. Daze. Fast. Hint which is where 
I believe this role is pretty difficult, but then you get to ask the GM a yes or no question that must be answered truthfully. Hold, which is where you freeze something, I think. Um, Like freeze a being from moving. Mm -hmm. Hop is really just for possessors. Link, the demon and its master know each other's whereabouts. That would probably not be useful for a parasite demon. Um, Mark is where you mark a target. Perception adds the demon's power to a score being employed for perception. Protection, psychic force, ranged is where an attack can be made at a distance. Shadow, the user controls some degree of illumination in the immediate area. Shapeshift, the user has another shape which can be maintained for minutes equal to the demon's power. Spawn, the demon may produce new individuals. Special damage, the user gains an attack which uses the special damage table, etc. Taint, the target makes a humanity check versus the demon's power. Transport, the user may carry others comfortably during movement. Travel. Um, Vitality, dice of lasting damage up to the demon's power are removed when the user takes a rest following combat. And warp, the user may alter the shape of unliving material up to its power in kilograms squared. So which of these are calling to you? And so remember kind of your demon concept that it's a petty thing which helps him get stuff done quietly and that he feels fairly comfortable with it. So it maybe doesn't have as many abilities as... It might only have two or three abilities, right? Or it might only have one if it's something really insignificant. But, Or maybe it's something super powerful that he just doesn't realize he's controlling. I definitely don't think it's that. Um, I like the idea, like, could the demon have powers that he doesn't know about that, like, get revealed later? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and those are, are things that you could leave up to me, certainly. That's like kind of interesting. Like, it's interesting to me to imagine that he like bit off more than he could chew, but doesn't mm-hmm. realize it because he's been just kind of chewing around the edges. Or like, like he figured out how to do one thing, and he does that one thing, which is boost, which is how he does all of his little petty shit is just by being better. Or maybe he has boost and vitality. Um, because I feel like he would also be interested in like right uh resistance to aging i feel like is something that would be appealing to him but it's not really i don't know that you would know that well i mean it's something that he could have just noticed right if this happened when he was in the when he was in vietnam which ended in 75 there's been at least nine years minimum since he was in the army and i mean a decade you know He'll notice if if his body is responding in different ways than those around him. Yeah. Um, And I think if it's okay with you, I would like it to be boost in vitality. And I would like the vitality to also have to do with the fact that he's like a regular user of heroin, but not a junkie. Okay. And like maybe not even a regular user, but like when he like he's never felt addicted, isn't worried about being addicted. Yes. That actually gives me a surprising amount to play with right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think about him accidentally having a more powerful demon? I like it. It's going to give me some shit to play with, certainly. 
Um, that just means that I need to come up with, uh, at least with how many other powers it has so that we can make our binding roll correctly. I mean, I don't think it should be like the most powerful demon in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, but I, I do just need to make a quick choice or two. Maybe I also kind of want, if he was going to have a, another thing, it would be psychic force. I think he should have Psychic Force, too. I think he's going to have three powers. Okay. Making choices. Making choices. What's your... Your lore is two. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me look up the binding rules real quick. Just to see what kind of a role we're going to be dealing with. So binding is going to be the appropriate score. So you can decide if it's your stamina, your will, or your lore. Probably your will, right? That makes sense. Um, Probably what? Your will. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll make that choice here in a minute when we when we actually do the binding roll. Okay, so we have chosen its type or its abilities, rather. And then mm -hmm. that will give it its lore score. And you'll you'll see this sheet here in a bit. Um, choose its stamina score based on how physically tough you think it should be. What do you think its stamina should be? How tough is it? Uh, I don't think it's super tough. I think it's a parasite. Okay. So do we want to give it like a two or a one even? Yeah, one or two seems about right. Okay. I'll give it two just to give it a little survivability. Set its will score to be at least one die higher than its stamina or lore, whichever is higher. Which means that its will will be either that or that. Set its power at equal the dice of its highest score, which is will. Okay. Power equals will. Choose its need and desire. So let's do that real quick. I wonder if this is actually saying since you're supposed to be seeing this sheet, if this is the one demon where I don't need to pick, where like you would know about its extra abilities right now. Because when in gameplay, when you decide to summon another being, I get to add or subtract powers or whatever um, in surprising ways, right? So that there's always an amount of uncertainty about whatever it is you're summoning. Um, mm -hmm. and my question is whether or not with this first starting demon, we are supposed to, um, just have that be totally clear. I mean, I guess that you could just role play him not knowing what its other abilities are. Yeah. I'm fine with me knowing okay. and just yeah. having them come out in time as the, in which case I guess I should probably choose them. Well, I'm so, I mean, I'm okay with, with, with deciding what the extra ones are. Um, but uh, you can help me right now. So it's going to have one or two more abilities. So it's just mm -hmm. like a little bit more powerful. Um, it's mm -hmm. definitely going to have cover. And then what I was trying to decide on is if it should have link or not. And link is the one where you get to have a connection to the, you get to know where the parasite demon is at all times. And that doesn't seem super useful at the moment, right? Because it's a parasite demon. But my thinking behind having Link with a Parasite Demon is it opens up interesting avenues 
in case you ever lose it, right? In case something ever happens to you the way it happened to Abraham Jackson. Um, and why is cover? Oh, why am I thinking cover for your mm-hmm. for the demon? Because it. Mm-hmm. Let me get back to it. The user is proficient at any skills associated with a given profession or social status using dice equal to the demon's power. Possessor demons automatically have this ability. So the user in this case would be you, right? And Mm -hmm. it would give you the ability to walk in other social circles, right? With his kind of high self-esteem and all that, he he makes himself at home wherever he is and which is kind of a a slightly different use of the power of cover but then once samson discovers it it gives him from like a gameplay point of view it gives him the ability to infiltrate places so is it i would be able to change what the profession or social status was each time i used the ability i think so yeah i think it's intentionally left vague in that way here yeah great then I'm interested. Okay. So definitely cover. What do you think about Link? Um, I think that's kind of cool. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I think that's really... Yeah, I think that's good. Okay. So the abilities we have decided on are Boost, Vitality, Psychic Force, Cover, and Link, which will give this demon a lore of 5. Its stamina we decided is 2, pretty low, because it is a Parasite. Its will is six because it's one higher than lore, and then power is equal to will, which means its power is six. There we go. I'm just wondering, I guess the only thing I'm wondering is if there should, like he isn't, I guess with psychic assault and vitality, he's decently combatable. Yeah, I think so. I think using boost in combination with psychic force would be pretty powerful. Or could be powerful. Okay, great. Plus you have like military training as well. True. So desire. Every demon has a... This is 118. Every demon has a special interest and it will urge its master into situations that give it a chance to indulge. A demon frustrated in its desire may well become cranky and start to rebel. Um, and then let me take a look at something... And then it's also going to have a need, which we will define here in a second. So, and the way that they describe this here, let me actually, one sec. I highlighted some good language on my iPad, but not on my... um... The demon does not crave its desire in a drug sense. It likes its desire and thinks the whole world ought to tend that way. Its need, by contrast, is indeed a craving for a specific thing or an action which is made up for a given demon during the mechanical creation process. There is no ambiguity ever about whether the demon received its need and when the last time was. The demon may like its need, hate it, or regard it as a physiological necessity. What matter is that matters is that it's literally addicted to it and cannot satisfy it without help. Desire is ideology, personality, taste, and preference. Need is addiction, payment, and power. And then these are, are both things that you have to fill when you make a binding roll. Okay. Um, so the need can be anything, but the desire, it says, should be picked from this list. Yeah, that's and that's what I was also trying to double check. 
because I knew one of them was yeah. a specific list and the other was not. So yeah, so the desire should be picked from this specific list, or it says that we can come up with our own list so long as the list is standardized within the group. Um, I think that we just go with this list for now. I think it's solid, and that means we don't have to wait for the whole group to meet. Yeah, if you had wanted to come up with like lists for all of these ahead of time, that would have been great. Right, but, but I didn't want to. We haven't done it, and it seems kind of... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, um, the example desires are mayhem, mischief, corruption, power, sensual gratification, creation or artistry, knowledge, and competition. Do you have any thoughts? I'm like... Yeah, sensual, sensual gratification works in the sense that you taking heroin would feed would would be what is feeding the parasite. Um, mm -hmm. Trying to think. Mayhem, I don't think works. If it is if it is mayhem, then that means your your characters is out there running amok at night. I guess I think it's either power central gratification or creation slash artistry or it could be competition mm. but it's not really competition because he's not trying that hard right um well that could be a tension I like the, I, right like what if you know the demon the demon wants competition it wants it wants to be the one on top and it wants you to be the one on top because it's a parasite but Mm -hmm. Samson is always just kind of half-assing it, right? He he uses it to win a round of golf, but he doesn't extraordinarily win a round of golf. He just gets under par by a couple of strokes. Or, <laughs> right? Like, he he gets the the deal that his boss was trying to get through, but, but again, it's not a multi-million dollar deal. It's a few hundred thousand, and it's kind of keeping the company going. So Right, he, does, he gets everything done, and he wins, but, like, he doesn't vanquish his rivals he just right. like right. barely ekes past them and that is um that could also tie into his desire to try and be on the the back burner a little bit when it comes to demonic entities because he right he he needs to satisfy the demon but he he just wants to just barely satisfy it right yeah okay cool i like that we, we don't have to go with that one. That is just the way that, that I was thinking that competition could fit. Yeah, no, I know. I just, power is kind of whatever. Like, it's not as exciting to me. It's not as interesting mm -hmm. to me. Sensual gratification artistry is would, really straightforward. And creation artistry is interesting in that, like, it gives their, gives a reason for why this dude is, for some reason, engaged in the jazz world, mm -hmm. which otherwise doesn't super exist. I mean, but I also prefer it that he is doing that out of his own interest, even though it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, he likes jazz, right? And that's that kind of idiosyncrasy is something that is the kind of thing that makes someone human, right? He yeah. just likes jazz, and so that's what he does. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, okay, so need. This is one twenty-two. Needs may vary extremely widely and are left to the playgroup's imagination, but the GM may use the following guidelines to tell players what sort of needs are appropriate. This can go a long way to assure that your sorcerer game has its own distinctive identity. I didn't need to read all that. Um, some examples, like gross and savage, annoying, um, plot movers, or things like make bets, follow the news. Um, yeah. What do you think? What? Ooh, just hit my keyboard. What kind of needs do you think this parasite might have? Um, 
I think maybe could it be like the I think the parasite okay so I think this is how all of this is happening I think the parasite needs him to in some way share bodily fluids with other people and the way he typically does it is sharing needles wow um okay and that's yeah well like so that's how he got um the demon from abraham and he had like whatever his will was high enough that the demon was like oh you're actually a better fit for me than this guy who i was with for whatever reason you're gonna take me farther or he just like recognized that he had more privilege and was going to be able to take him farther um okay so i think that's like and that's also why Link is going to be handy, because eventually he'll, like, little bits of his blood go out with somebody else, and there's that little bit of connection to that other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And, like, it can also be sex or whatever, right? Like, it right. doesn't have yeah. to be blood through needle exchange, but that's just what he's found works really well for him. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just thinking that that, that gives us tension with the spouse as well right especially if if samson is trying to if he's trying not to use heroin then the most straightforward method would be to have sex with his spouse and so maybe there is a partial reason i don't want to put it all down to this but or make all of this entirely arising because of the mechanics but creating tension with the first wife, for instance, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's the need and desire. So now we need to give it a name, clarify its appearance and general behavior, and decide whether any of its scores should be adjusted to fit the concept. As far as appearance, I'm fine with you not knowing, right? We can determine what it looks like if it ever exits your body, or we can decide that now, that's up to you but we definitely need to give it a name and kind of its its attitude. What is it when it communicates with Samson? What is its its outlook like? Um, I think its outlook is sort of like competitively disdainful, right? Like if competitive, if competition is its desire, um, I think it needs to, right? And that's also like why it would have switched off of Abraham is because he saw, it saw like, a better way mm-hmm. like it's also competing with itself so i think it's like a little bit like it's constantly walking that line between being encouraging and being insulting like you can do this and also really you think you can do this okay yeah I like, that. like not not beacon from the adventure zone because that's too mean and disgusted but not like that kind of mentality almost mm-hmm yeah okay and what about a name for it and i i do like so it might have a name that samson calls it and we could leave its true name or whatever up in the air for now but i do like this is just me personally and thinking about the some of the touchstones for the show in my head i like this sense of kind of arcane um archaic names the sense that these are deeply old beings but Mm -hmm. um that's just me no no i do too um my immediate instinct is to have samson call it abe (laughs) nice okay um but i would also be open to calling it delilah i would be open to 
like I, I pretty much anything. I don't have strong demon name feelings. Okay. So we can we can think about that then. That can be something else for that we can mutually put in our homework. Um, mm -hmm. is to... um, I agree with you that like old sounding is good. I guess I would say I would want to know or have a sense of like what your vision for archaic demon naming conventions was. Right. Sure. Um, well, I can, I will, I will do some work. Like I will put some work into coming up with some like literary examples of those or some such. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's like, there's really great demon names in Neil Gaiman's Sandman, but they're just all lifted from judeo-christianity yeah and which is something i would i would maybe like to steer away from a little bit um there's like as one example which has just popped into my head i've been watching an actual play of the new doom game which just came out and there's a city in the new doom game like a lost city or whatever on mars called habeth h-e-b-e-t-h -E -E and um i just think it sounds very cool and evocative so yeah, that's the, the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Um, cool. All right. Hobeth. Hobeth, yeah. So now we need to make cool. the binding roll. First roll of the sorcerer game. And it's your honor. What do I roll? I'm getting back there right now. So for the binding roll, it's going to be your appropriate score, which is probably going to be your will, versus the demon's will which is one die higher. Um, and what do you think as far as rolling D8s or D10s? I'm D10s will have us making fewer ties. D8s will be slightly more ties. And this can change, right? We can use one die now and then switch to a different one once we actually start playing, but for now. Yeah, um, I don't really have a strong opinion. Like my instinct is D8 because it's not a die that I feel like gets used very often. <laughs> so it's 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 to make the die feel better. Um, kind of. Sure. Like yeah. D10 is world. Of, I associate with world of darkness. D8 is like a damage roll mm. only. Okay. Well, let's do D8s for now then. So you're going to roll five D8. Um, but real quick, we oh there we go. Okay. Uh, I am just taking a look at how the need and desire modify it the main penalties to binding include offering the wrong sort of contract which is unlikely to happen blah 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 um, and to annoying it in some way so because i can give you bonuses or penalties for satisfying its need or desire right now and i think we've kind of already touched on this but how um how do you satisfy its need and desire or how did you satisfy its need and desire in the moment of binding? And this, I do think, like, I do think there needs to be some intentionality behind it, right? Somewhat. Intentionality behind mm -hmm. it, not just that, oh, you shared needles, you swapped needles, and suddenly you had a demon. Um, but that there was an exchange, an intentional exchange of some kind that happened. Yeah, I think maybe um, Abraham started out just like bragging about like he survived something that it seemed like he shouldn't have um, and was like bragging about luck or like being like it's in my blood or whatever and like talked about it enough um, that 
Samson got suspicious or interested. Um, and then I think maybe he was just like, I think the need is pretty literally fulfilled in what we have discussed as like the potential transfer situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see it like maybe so either in that moment of like the initial sharing, he was thinking like, I want to survive. I don't care if everybody else dies. I like, he was like consciously thinking about like, if it was that this demon made you lucky or if, if he was luckier, if he had luck in his blood, he was thinking that he wanted it. He needed it more. He wanted to live more. He had more to live for whatever it was. Um, and the demon noticed that or alternatively the demon, he was thinking that at the time and the demon noticed it. And then, in the actual moment of Abe's death, maybe they both would have died and um, Samson had more will in that moment and was able to draw on the demon for protection in a way that Abe couldn't because it was in both of them and he like pulled harder. Okay. Um, I Why don't you go ahead and roll one more D8 just because we've, we've like establish these things pretty clearly nice hey. cool so Kiefer has rolled 68 we're going to roll against the demon's will importantly the which is six importantly the binding ritual always works all we are testing for is the strength of the binding so let's give it a go it's been a long time since i rolled in roll 20 okay and this kind of makes sense with what we have. Um, Why are they moving? I was rearranging them in, so you can, can just you do that. Yeah, you can just click and drag on the dice. Um, Crazy. So I arranged them so that they are um, highest to lowest, so that we can more easily see the successes. So you have one, two. Um, well, you have one success over me so the the dice that Kiefer rolled were an eight five five four four and two I rolled a seven six six five four and four and the way that works is we compare highest um we look at pairs basically so Kiefer's highest was an eight my highest was a seven so Kiefer succeeds with one victory and so I make a note about that anytime Kiefer and this demon roll against each other for any reason, then Kiefer takes a plus one um, bonus to that. I win with one victory? You do. Yeah, because the next highest was a six, which would have been a victory over your five. Um, So we just stopped tallying at that point. Does that make sense? If you had rolled like an eight and then a seven, you would have two victories. Right. The total number of my dice that are higher than your dice. Um, when looking at pairs, yeah. Mm. Got it. So what it is, is like you win with your highest dice roll. Correct. And then you keep going down, and the minute you no longer win, you are the loser. Right. Yep. Yeah. Or the, it stops counting victories. Yep. Cool. So that played out well for you, and I believe we now have to make a humanity roll. Yeah, I'm more powerful than this demon for no reason. I told you, sold him. I told him I had willpower, and he was like, "Nah, this guy." <laughs> um, let's take a look. Okay, 
so now you check for humanity loss. Okay, so for a humanity check, um, you roll a number of dice equal to your humanity. I roll the same number of dice. If your dice, if I succeed over your dice, then you lose one point of humanity. Um, Wait, say that again? So we both roll 5d6 because you have five humanity. If you succeed, mm -hmm. nothing happens. If I succeed, you lose a point. Okay. Uh-oh. So Kiefer has rolled four, four, three, one, and one. Wait, shouldn't it be 5d8? Yes, it should be 5d8. Yeah, go ahead and re-roll that. Sorry. Nice. Much better. Kiefer rolled an eight, a seven, a five, a four, and a three. And Kiefer succeeds. I rolled seven, seven, five, two, and one. So what that means, Kiefer succeeded. This was not a humanity gain roll. So you can gain humanity in this game, but they're treated as separate rolls. It's either a humanity loss check or a humanity gain check. This was a loss check. You didn't lose anything for binding this demon. Humanity remains at five. Um, Sweet. Word. There we go. And now, so we've got our demon. Got all kinds of shit going on. We have not really even touched the diagram we have already been recording for um, two hours. Two, two hours. hours. Yeah, two hours. And so let's just kind of brainstorm some ideas for the kicker, and then we can we can let the diagram lie for now, and um, just kind of modify it when oh. we all come together next. The kicker is absolutely that he contracts HIV. Okay. All right um that's why like and it's something that his demon can't help him with and he needs to make sure that he's like not going to give it to his wife um when having sex with her is like a big part of how he like manages to survive as a person and deal with like the he doesn't really want to be passing aids around constantly so yes that's that's the kicker okay yeah this character started as the same that original character we talked about but i then just kind of like worked away from the thing that I originally had, which I didn't feel like I could do into something that I felt like, yeah, you know, Dallas Buyers Club, but with a rich dude, Galveston Buyers Club. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and I do just want to, people who are listening will hear this after we've played for a while, but um, we are going to be treating this with as much kind of delicacy and nuance as we possibly can. Um, and I know that you know that. I'm just saying it out loud. Um, yeah, I did. I said that all kind of glibly, but that's only because I'd already spent like three months thinking about the idea and had already introduced the concept to Noah, not because I am trying to treat it lightheartedly. Right. Yep. All right. Great. So yeah, we will um, we will play with the diagram. Diagram and some stuff. more yeah we can that's moving uh words around on a page isn't exactly great radio yeah right um so we will we will play with that we will add things to it um the, the way the diagram works is really cool i'm not going to get into it now but um i encourage folks to read sorcerer if you're interested in it it has some it has some trappings which i'm i don't love but as far as the impact of rpgs go and the general game design i think it's it's a really excellent game, which is why we're playing it. 
So thanks, folks, for listening. This is our, our first character, Samson Sycamore, going to be played by Kiefer. And yeah, we'll see how Samson fares whenever you listen to the great. first episode of Sorcerer. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Nothing, nothing bad could happen to this character. Cool. Peace. Okay, I still don't know how to end a podcast, but I think that did it.